Fanny Pack Boys Season 2, Episode 1. We're happy to be back. I'm here with my co-host Mike, producer O. Mur. Where's Ramadan? T-Boy's not here. I don't have any coffee in front of me. I don't have any tea in front of me. But we're rolling. We have some really good talking points today. Omer, it's Ramadan. He's been fasting all day. He's dragging ass. He's ready to eat. He's going to break fast soon, so we're going to crank out a good episode for you guys. And Tanti has some fantastic talking points today. So well, let's get it started. First, I want to address the uh, season one highlight we're supposed to make. Uh, I don't know if that's going to. I don't know if that's going to happen. Uh, Rob seems to not know how to use it. <laughs> I couldn't find the Fanny Pack Boys on Anchor at first, and then I realized that everything is now available on Anchor on the app at the Fanny Pack Boys podcast, and you can find all the episodes from season one, our season two teaser. But up until just now, I didn't know it was there because the day I looked about a week ago, couldn't find it. Also, new this week, Rob's a criminal, so. <laughs> I am a criminal. I, I'm in the same class of people that I used to work with, unfortunately, and I got pulled over on the 1st. I was driving in New York for my job, and I got the triple whammy. I got pulled over. I got hit for uh, no seatbelt. Uh, te- uh, te- they called it texting, but I was using my GPS, but it doesn't matter. Because you if know? you just have your phone in your hand... It's an immediate, you're getting pulled over, you're getting a ticket. But were you really using your GPS? Oh, yeah, because there's still plenty of yeah, places but I don't you, know. Like, you know. No, I would tell you here, it doesn't fucking matter. But it's considered the same thing. You know, phone in hand, getting pulled over immediately, and no seatbelt. So I got the triple, the trifecta of, of traffic tickets. Seatbelt, cell phone, red light. So the cop walked up, and he's like, uh, you know, sir, uh, I'm Officer Douchebag. You're being recorded by this body camera. I was like, okay. So he's like, I'm going to need to get your license, registration, insurance. I was like thinking to myself, oh, okay, I'll be okay. Like, this is why I have a gold card, you know? So I handed it over to him, and he's like, oh, I've never seen one of these before. Really? And I was like, okay, so are you from fucking Jupiter? Because everyone in the Northeast fucking has one. Everyone and their mother, you know, if you have a, a distant relative who's a cop, they could probably get you a fucking gold card. So I handed it to him, and in the back of my mind, I was thinking, yeah, look, our producer has one. Peter I think P. everybody Price has one. Ah! Wait! No <laughs> way. <laughs> P gave you one? He's such a scumbag. Only certain people can be trusted with these cards, though, because you can't just give it to any friend. Because, I mean, everybody has a couple friends who they wouldn't give a gold card to. Because your name is on it, and if you're a cop, you're kind of vouching for that friend. You're saying, like, I know you're not going to get pulled over for anything too heinous, so maybe this will get you out of trouble. Not, like, you know, beating the shit out of somebody, running drugs possessing cocaine you don't give gold cards to people who could potentially do that because it you have to be running around with bombs strapped to my chest all day i'm just saying you know how you know how gold cards work you got to be careful who you give saturday p was like yeah you're my good friend he's all drunk and everything and he won't even give me a card (laughs) but that's not really a gold card that that's still that still could get you out of a a cedar grove you know 35 and a 25 that's bullshit but anyway he he didn't give me all three tickets he could have really ass raped me but listen to this he gave me the one ticket for the uh, cell phone. I was pissed, though, because it makes you feel really scummy. Getting a ticket, and then you have to go plead guilty to it. Like I, I don't think there's any way to negotiate it. I can't get a lawyer and get it knocked down. It was like explicitly stated on the ticket. You know, you're either guilty or you're not guilty. And if you plead not guilty and the judge still finds you guilty, you get an even bigger fine. Yeah. So I may just have to plead to it. You're probably going to have to plead just guilty. Fuck it. That's kind of... Oh, I feel so dirty now. 
and I have to answer it within 15 days. It's like a weight hanging over your head, like a like a just don't answer. See what happens. Ready to drop back. on your head. Maybe it'll just go away. Maybe yeah. Maybe if I don't maybe pay, it'll, it'll just go away. I mean, like I won't have a warrant out for my arrest, <laughs> and then the sheriff's gonna come out and look for me. No, they don't give a fuck. I have to answer it though because you know why? Yeah. It's the right thing to do. Imagine, like, because, like, everyone's obviously texted and drove before, right? Like, you... Everybody. Exactly. But, like, imagine, like, you, like, accidentally hit somebody. That's what I That's what I worry about. Like, it was uh, in my hand, ima- and I like just glance at it. That's life's the difference. Over. Texting and driving in New York, you can't do it. There's too many idiots walking across the street at any time. People really have no sense of awareness in the city, either. Like, some people will argue, oh, they do, they just don't give a shit. Or, you know, oh, they have that, that sixth sense, because they live in the city... They're looking at their phones, but they have good peripheral vision. They know you're coming. I just think people are very clueless when they're walking around. They don't know their surroundings. They're they're very entrenched in their phones, and that's how people get hit by fucking cars. Yeah, you're constantly like zeroed in when you're driving in the city. It's extremely stressful, especially uptown. Anyway, Tanti had some great talking points. So, so let's get a started. story that took fire. I've known this for years, and I, I knew it was like a good big story that like I don't know. But now it just caught fire over the past, I don't know, week or so because he went on a podcast talking about So Dane Cook. Do you know anything about this Dane Cook story? I know that he had some money stolen from him from a close family member. So remember back in the day he had like he had like the huge bit like Nesquik and the Kool-Aid man. He was the biggest he was like he Kevin was, Hart. Yeah, he was huge. Ten back years like, ago. Like two thousand three to two thousand nine, whatever. So even more than that, yeah. So he was the biggest comedian ever. He had all the specials, whatnot. So he's making cash hands over, like, what is it, hand over fist? Hand over fist. Take, making cash hand over fist. So you need someone to manage it. So being a good brother, he was like, hey, let me get you out of the uh, county jail, because he was an officer at the county jail. Come manage my money, blah, blah, blah. Family, like, but he was really, Jeez. I think he's really a stepbrother. I think that's really what it was. Or like half-brother, or something like that. Now I'm going to cut you off and just say that's a terrible idea. Oh, horrible. You're, you can't mix family and, and money like that in my opinion especially to leave the responsibility up to a, a family member whether they be blood or not I think you're just opening the door I think to, you can but ultimately you have to be in charge of yourself you have to like, check it at least like once a month yeah you have to be diligent yeah and also it would help if your family member was even remotely qualified to handle money yeah so if somebody's working as a jailer and then you uh, place them in charge of millions of dollars and, and ask them to be your accountant or whatever the financial advisor probably not a great idea yeah you're doing more harm than good yeah so anyways so he made tons of money he thought he was like set for life obviously so he was in la and he was just like you know what like i'm just making too much money right now like i want to he the way he explained it he was like i've completely evaded the jaws of la for so long where like nobody trapped him in anything and like no one stole from him, screwed him over anything, because he was, he kept his circle so close that he was like, you know what, it's time to get a money manager, an account, and whatnot. So he told his brother, he was like, hey, um, I think it's time to get like an actual money manager. He knows what he's doing. He can invest in whatever he wants, whatever, blah, blah, blah. So he was like, his brother was like, obviously, no, I don't really want to like give this up. It's still my job. So it took forever to send the paperwork over to the new accountant, and finally he did. And the count looked at it, and he was like, couldn't believe like what, like what the damage that yeah, was he done. Yeah, he had. He literally had nothing. It was, there was millions stolen from him. Millions. Millions. Was this his blood brother? Or no, he said or his I, think, I think it was his half brother or step brother, something like that. So, how terrifying! Yeah, it was crazy. It's crazy. 
He just funneled the money out. He just he funneled the money into his own account, and then he would send Dane like fake. He would go on like Microsoft Word and make fake statements, statements about like just looking like real, like a real bank statement. So he thought he had all of this money, and he was the biggest comedian in the world. Like he should have millions of dollars. But in reality, like and he did some movies too. It was just yeah, it was just he was just getting stolen from. Like he said, every time he would see his brother, because he was in the he was in another state managing the money, he would come in like a white t shirt, like jeans, like normal guy. But when he would go away, they were him and his wife. He was like, just balling. We're just like living life. They were just balling out yeah. of control off of Dane's yeah. money. So once he found out that he was not gonna be able to have in charge of accounts anymore, he just like funneled all of it out, like all of it. That's a pretty heinous crime. Mm-hmm. So right there, what do you do? If, like, you have a sister, like, what would you do if you found out your sister did that to you? Well, this is what I keep asking, like, if it was a blood relative or if it was a stepbrother, you know? I think it was, like, a stepbrother. I think, regardless, you have to press charges. You have to. You're crossing so many boundaries at that point, it doesn't matter if they're related to you or not. Like, these things happen on a much smaller scale. Like, you know, you see people that steal from their parents and their parents press charges. Like, it doesn't have to be even thousands of dollars. It could just be hundreds of dollars and people press charges. You know, if you bring it up to the police, I don't like how, what the the damage is done. So if they enter judgment against him and they say you have to pay this restitution in the amount of two million dollars, let's just say, is he ever going to get that money back? Well, anyway? he also wasn't paying taxes. Yeah. So like, so Dane could have gotten the fucked for it. He is, he did he did get fucked to some degree. Yeah. I think the government gave him some sort of like, okay, like you just got fucked. Like we're not going to charge you five hundred thousand dollars in taxes. They when you settled have no money. Yeah, yeah. They probably settled on an amount. Yeah. So now what financial position is Dane cooking? Because I haven't heard about uh, him. No, it doesn't matter though, because like Dane's he's still he's got three point one million Twitter followers. It's like you wouldn't that's like Joe Rogan Twitter followers. And I know Twitter doesn't make you money, but it's like he still, so still has a presence. He's still, in, he's still selling shit out. Yeah, he all still the has time. A, he still has a presence yeah. and he's still doing stand up, but at the end of the day, you have to press charges and, and get yeah, some kind of to. justice yeah, for what happened to. because that's Awful. I don't think his the guys even served time. Yeah, he was put in jail for a couple, oh, okay. couple years, and while he was in jail, they found like they raided his house. They found like eight hundred grand in cash Just in like the wall, laying around. Yeah, you know, in the wall, they buried break, in the backyard. Yeah, yeah, they had they had to break the wall and they That's money disgusting. was pouring out. So everyone knew that this happened, but it seems like when it gets written about in a place like Barstool or like you know posted on Instagram, it kind of gets brought back mm-hmm. to light. But this happened a while ago, so he's obviously been doing okay. Dan Cook has been doing yeah. okay. But still, that's one of the most awful things. I knew that he got screwed, but I didn't think it was that bad. Yeah. That's god-awful. And it's the fact that it's like your brother. Mm-hmm. Dude. That money is the best way to ruin family ties. Yeah. You know, when, when things start getting fought over financially, it's the best way to just lose out on any relationship you've ever had. Yeah, I agree. I mean, there is really, like, almost nothing that could, like, tear anyone apart faster than, like, if my that, brother stole millions of dollars from yeah. me. Yeah, or you fucking kill a dog in the family. Come home one night and you're drunk and you just sit on the family puppy. Jesus. Forget it. Sitting your, how do you like in the Sopranos. <laughs> when, uh, what's his name, fucking sat on the dog and killed it. Anyways, Dane Cook. So he's like, what, 45 years old, something like that? He's Guess how old his girlfriend is? 23. 19. Oh, my God. 19. What does she look like? 19. I mean, she's a smoke. <laughs> what do you I mean, think she first, looks like? Yeah, I was like, what do you mean? Like... She's a smoke. I'm sure she loves him very much. Yeah, Omar, pull up Dane Cook, girlfriend. She's not, like, super hot, but she's, like, she's still 19, and Dane Cook's, like, 45, 46. I wonder what, how they met. Do you think Dane Cook would be on Tinder? I guess there's, like, a... Dane Cook pretty attractive. They have like a, there's, like, an L.A. Tinder where, like, you have to be famous to be able to go on it. He looks about the same. 
He doesn't look much different. No, he's just old. He's a little grayer. Yeah. He was, yeah, he was like the equivalent of Kevin Hart is today. Basically. Where everybody knows his jokes. He has like some really famous bits that everybody wants to hear. The Kool-Aid bit might be one of the famous, most famous bits of all time. Yeah. 45. He had movies and everything, yeah. though. He yeah. was 46 now. 46. He rode the wave and then kind of like just fell off the map. But I guess crazy. if he if he said he was coming to town, he would still sell out a, a the venue. The part, like, think about it. He was 26 before she was even born. Like, how wild is that? Yeah. So, I, like, if we were him, if I were him, my girlfriend's not even born yet. I don't know if we brought this up in previous episodes, but I always think about, like, if you were going to date someone legally who was just significantly younger than you... There's a huge gap in in life experience, and it has to make for like a pretty shitty relationship. Like a girl that's 19 years old is fresh out of high school and can't be mature enough to like maintain a conversation with a guy like Dane Cook, who's like, first of all, not only is he 45 or whatever, however old he is, like double her age, but he's also just been around the world probably 20 times, figuratively and literally speaking. What do you guys talk about at dinner? She, I mean, like. She technically can't drink, you know, but who's carding her if you're sitting with Dane Cook? Like, it's just a very strange relationship. I don't know how it would last. I mean, it's because Dane Cook, she's just flinging around the box, so Dane Cook's like, yeah, don't care. Yeah, he doesn't give a shit. He's just smashing 19-year-olds, and <laughs> it's totally legal. It's just a little weird, it's all. I mean, still, I don't think anyone's disagreeing with that. It's no, weird. it is. What else you got? All right, so we're going to start this new segment. I called you earlier today, so you better come up with one. Mm-hmm. Called like we'll just call it for right now. We'll call it real or fake. Okay. So me and you are going to tell one story each, and then me, Omar, and our T boy, who's apparently fired, yeah, are going to see are going to guess if it's real or not. He just shows up whenever he feels like Basically. it. Basically, he see, but when the money starts rolling in, he'll be here every episode. <laughs> I guarantee it. All right. So me and my girlfriend, we went away. I'm not going to tell you where because I don't want to like whatever. So we stayed at a hotel. So you know how me and my girlfriend are? We're kind of like jokey, funny people. Like, we don't really, we don't take ourselves too seriously or anything. You know that, you know that right? Yeah, we don't take ourselves too seriously. I'm the same way. So we're at this hotel. We go down, we have dinner, whatever. We're a little, we're, we're drinking a little bit, a little tipsy, a little tipsy. So we come back up, go to sleep, wake up the next morning. And just like as a joke, I was like, let me just like put my girlfriend's dress on for like a funny joke. So as I'm putting it on... Is that the, what you think is funny? No, no, no. It would just be, like, yeah, just be like a joke. Whatever. So the maid walks in. She's like, room service. And she opens the door and looks at me. And like my face just dropped and went white. Were you naked under the dress? No, I was just in a dress. And the, she like looked at me with like this stare that was like... She was looking into like the sun. Was your package Her eyes, No. Oh. No, I mean, how, okay. how low do you think my balls hang? Well, it could have been. So she looked at me like she just saw a ghost. And she was like, oh, I'm so sorry. And she walked out. And I just looked at her. I stayed looking at the door for like 15 minutes. <laughs> I, was like, I can't believe I just got caught. You think that's that, that's not the craziest thing she's seen, though? Probably she's probably not. seen crazier shit. No, she probably walks in and there's just drugs everywhere. Yeah, or just like dudes jerking off. Yeah. And they, Ugh. all right, so I'm going to say that that is not real. Okay. Because she wasn't even awake when you did it. So what were you going to do? Wake her up with your dress on? That just seems a little weird. Yeah, I mean, that's funny. Is that funny? Okay, whatever. Maybe not. Okay. Go on, Omar. What do you think? It would have been funnier if it turned into a threesome because that's how pornos start. It's fake. All right, it's fake. Omar. I I do have a story. Yes. All right. You can't slide the cover. It's going to make a lot of noise. All right. So as you guys know, I'm a football coach. 
So, um, our, uh, in a few past years, we uh, struggled on special teams. So, uh, we had open tryouts for, uh, you know, kicking position. And one kid comes up. He's kicking the ball pretty well. So, he's kicking it from the left hash, right? He's kicking it pretty well. So, then we tell him, put the ball in the other hash. And then he goes, what do you mean? Now, just put the ball in the other hash. He goes... Do I have to kick it with my other foot? <laughs> real or fake? How old is he? He's in high school. It's real as shit. That's 100% yeah, real. Yeah, abso- absolutely have There's yeah. So, In high school, I remember so many people just asking the dumbest, dumbest questions. Yeah. Because the dumbest questions. Like, he never played before, right? He was just trying out for the team, maybe like as a walk-on? He was actually one of the better players on the team. Oh, okay. So, so he obviously had no idea even what day it was, let alone what the right hash meant, and if you have to kick it with the same foot. That doesn't surprise me one bit, though. And I believe a decent amount of our audience is it is at the high school age. And if you guys have any yeah, stories like that, please write them in because there's nothing funnier than just hearing about people at that age who make really stupid decisions or ask really stupid questions that will haunt you forever. Because there's plenty of those that you'll be laying in bed at 10.30 at night trying to go to sleep because you have work the next day. You'll be growing up, you'll be out of college, and you'll be like, oh, maybe it's time uh, I go to bed, i got to get up early tomorrow. And then your brain will be like, remember that one time? And all of a sudden you can't sleep for the rest of the night because you're basically drowning in the agony of being a retard. <laughs> <laughs> that's, that's pretty spot on, actually. It's like, that, that is it's like, what's, like why did I do that? Yeah. Like, what was I thinking? All the time. Happens to me all the time. All right, well, we're back right. from Rob being a horrible podcast partner. Game of Topic, hours ago, just came up with a story right now. So well, you have to think of a story away. that, if you're going to formulate a story, you have to think of one that's going to be believable. That's the an hour ago. So, me and my friends were at a bar when I was in college, and it was a popular spot. It was very small, and there was an outside porch that all the overflow went out to, and it was a really nice night. We're all hanging out, and there's a girl out there who's like particularly drunk. And she's loud, she's getting a little rowdy, and a couple of her friends were, like, getting ready to call her a ride home, it seemed like. So they were uh, on the phone, she was, like, falling over herself, everybody was kind of looking and, like, okay, maybe she should get out of here soon, she's probably going to fall and hit her head at some point. All of a sudden, a black Dodge Charger pulls up, just a normal civilian car. And a sheriff's officer in full uniform gets out of the car. He's at least double her age. This is like a Dane Cook situation. If he was dating her. Gets out of the car. Walks up. Grabs her by the arm. Yanks her off the deck. And she's like, what's the, what's going on? Throws her in the back of the car. Gets in. Speeds away. Tire screeching. The entire front porch. And people inside the bar. Jaws drop. Looking out. Wondering what the fuck just happened. And we never heard or anything about it. So she was stolen, essentially. See, like, that can happen, though. Like, the guy just go in a uniform and just be like, hey, you're coming with me. Yeah, but I, I'm just trying to figure out if they were dating. That's been my biggest question all this time. Because, like I said, he was double her age, came in, scooped her up, dragged her off the porch, threw her in she, the back of the like, car. show ID? No, but he was in uniform, so you have to assume that he's a legit sheriff's deputy. What do you think, Omar? Could it, could it have been the, like a father-daughter relationship? That's maybe, another good maybe. point. Yeah. That I that I like stepfather-daughter porno style. Yes, stepfather-daughter. <laughs> He's you're like being so a very naughty, bad girl. I have to pick you up from the bar. Yeah, and then I have to take you home and show you how to yeah. be a proper woman. Yeah, your mom's on vacation, kind of thing. Make some grits. 
I don't. I to this day don't know what happened. Obviously, but I've never seen the guy either. I think it's real. It was real. Yeah. And it was weird and random as shit. And I to this day wish I knew what what the whole situation was and who he was to her. Surprised him. I like to go with the idea that it was her father because I can only assume that in a town like that, a small college town, it would be more rare for a girl to be a college girl to be dating a cop as opposed to the cop being her father. But he came up and just swooped her away. It's weird. Sketchy. Didn't say a word, didn't look at anybody. Sketchy. So I have a famous opinion on sports, specifically soccer. I think they should add another ball. I'm going to bring this up again. Yeah, you and everybody else. I've Okay, whatever. So I've been harping on her for a long time. I think they should add two balls, sort okay. of like Quidditch, where it's like a golden ball. Okay, maybe, maybe two, counts as two goals. Yeah, maybe can't. Yeah, something like that. I don't know. I'm not charged soccer. But what about, like, Omar? I know you're a big basketball fan. Rob probably doesn't even know what a basketball looks like at this point. <laughs> um, you know how, like, baseball stadiums have, like, center field could be 400 feet, could be 410 feet? Yeah. What if in the NBA every court have, like, a different length of three-point line? But it's, it's there's, it, it, like, there's a, obviously, like, a minimum, and then there's a maximum. It's not, like, a huge difference, but, like, up two, three feet makes all the difference. What is a three-point line in professional basketball? 25 feet? Uh, I don't know. you know what it is? Uh, 26, maybe? Okay, so okay. I was pretty close. Yeah. I think it's 26. Whatever. So so you're... It could go from 26 or like 25... To 30. To, not not even, like 25 to like 28 or something Okay, because like even another foot or yeah. two would add yeah. a lot to yeah, the outcome and, and, of a shot. Any distance would kind of fuck anybody up, It really. could, yeah. Especially because now all the players are just draining threes. You want to hear a funny stat? So, this past year, there were about, like, 28,000 threes or something like that. 28,000? Yeah. Jeez. That's 4,000 more than the entire decade of 1980s. Oh, yeah, that makes sense, though. Because That's it, cool. I mean, isn't, even, that, isn't that a cool stat? That's a cool stat. Even a casual fan like myself knows that the game's changed, yeah. and, it's, and it's a three-point league. Four, one season, 4,000 more than an entire decade. But I'm, I'm looking at it from, I mean, like, just hearing on the radio. I don't watch baseball, but I know that... Certain players have better games at Fenway or have better games at Wrigley like Stadium yeah. or so Wrigley like, Field, whatever it is. I like that. I so, like, like that. a home court advantage for, like, the, the Warriors, they could just move it back because they have amazing shooters. Oh, you, you say, you're saying you could change it every time. No, no, no. No, it's, oh, just, no, a, it's just a home court. It's a house rule. Okay. Yeah. You know, the house rule is that the war, uh, Oracle Arena is 27 yeah. feet instead yeah. of 25. And like, once you, you, you have to keep it a whole season. Okay. For whatever you it is, I like that. I should do like that. That's pretty good, isn't it? Yeah, I like that's not too terrible. Especially in a league now where they're it's basically just, living and dying by the three, three. at this point. Yeah, because analytics are coming out. It's like three points, obviously more than two points. Yeah, best shot is still a dunker layup. But I mean, if you're not getting that, you're kicking it out for a three pointer. Mm-hmm. So if you kind of have this thing where players have to every game, maybe should shoot twenty five feet to three point. Maybe the next game it's 28, point, 28 feet. It just depends on where you are. But it's going to fuck up your shot regardless. It is weird that out of all the sports, I can't think of another that the field of play varies. Yeah, except for well, baseball. Except for baseball. Well, soccer is a little bit like that. Is like, it? Um, there, there are guidelines. There are guidelines. Like if you ever see, um, what's that soccer team that plays at Yankee Stadium? Not the Red Bulls. Not Galaxy? the Red Bulls. No, no uh, that's LA. It's the it? city, like FC. The City FC or whatever. The Yankee soccer team. Yeah, they play <laughs> in the Yankee Stadium, and their field is narrow. 
really. Why? Because it just has to fit a requirement, and it does just enough. So other teams that go there are playing on a... They have to on adapt. A, they have, have to, to adapt. adapt a little bit, yeah. But I've never heard of that. That that doesn't seem right. It just seems like it would be like even in baseball. I know baseball is probably one of the older sports that's been played in America. Yeah, so the the fields and the and the stadiums and the parks, whatever you want to call them, I don't know the the exact term, but you know, with the green monster at Fenway, yeah, like that's cool. that's been there for yeah. over 120 years, probably. Like it's so iconic. It's iconic, and it's one of those things that's just been cemented into the legacy of the game. So they're not going to change it now. Yeah. But it does seem a little weird that that's the only sport, and especially in a sport that, I mean, baseball's got to be one of the hardest sports just off the fact that you're hitting a tiny ball flying like, at you at a hundred like miles baseball, an hour. Baseball has the short porch and left, so like you want lefty power hitters because they can just easily pull it over that over the over the uh, fence. So and that's like, how it makes sense. So you could build your team around your stadium because you're playing there fifty percent of the time. So why can't basketball do that? Where the Golden State would have it pushed back, and so it would actually be a home court advantage, not just. Because you have the fans cheering on your side. Yes. I wouldn't be opposed to anything that makes the game more exhilarating. So, like you said, two balls in soccer, longer three-point line. Yeah, so, Omar, just look at a Major League Soccer has the smallest field, which is weird. Well, of all the, the MLS. NYC, of all the MLS. NYCFC. Yeah. yeah. By how much? Oh, that's a good question. It's probably not much, but even if, it just, it just, it, it's still something you have to think about. Yeah. And it's the stadium dimensions that are cramping the style, according to this article, because it's not that they wanted it to be that way, that's just what fits in the stadium, because the stadium is not fit for a normal size pitch. But that's why I think, I think basketball needs some sort of shake-up, because right now it's like, Golden State Warriors are going to win every year, that's why I don't watch it anymore, so it's like, it's boring. And it's just the three-point ball. Like, no, like I like watching threes, but I like, I like watching sound basketball more. So when James Harden it just playing ISO basketball, I don't want to see that. I'd rather movement and then strategy come into part where, like, okay, we're playing Golden State. They have a longer three-point, so we got to go inside, do more layups, dunk more. You're changing your game plan yeah. as the stadium's changing. Exactly, and if you have a, if a, a three-point shooting team... And you play your home court's 26 feet, even if the away court is 27 feet, you have to adjust in a big, big way. Yeah. Because it's another foot you have to account for, for a three-pointer. Do you see colleges adopting mixed martial arts as a college sport? No, it's too much too much liability. Too much liability? Too, way too much liability. Because some... First of all, someone could die, especially if they still have dehydration. Okay, what like what that. if wasn't what if it wasn't MMA, but it was just strictly varsity Muay Thai or varsity kickboxing? Even still, varsity it's just, boxing. It's just too violent. It's just it's too violent, especially in a college. Like most comedians can't even go to colleges anymore because they people can't are getting speak their feelings hurt. Yeah, yeah, so like they can't do their normal act. Yeah, so if you watch Bobby from Anthropology get his head kicked in, yeah. and then he passes out, it's like no one wants to see that. I know at my at my school they had club. Muay Thai, and it was yeah. It's it's, it's got to be a club sport. More of a like just a way for people to make friends and join in a common interest and and you know be fit together and build a skill. There wasn't any competition on the school. It wasn't regulated by the school. As far as it I just had goes, the name. I was always a part of the team where like I think they, if you want a, if you want a real fight environment, it's like I don't think they should wear gloves because when you wear gloves, it's basically a padding. It's just like football, similar thing. You have shoulder pads. So you're not going to get hurt. So you can inflict way more damage on the other player. Okay. So it's just like MMA, where like you have these gloves, you have this false sense of security about your hands, where you could basically hit as hard as you want, and you're not going to break your hands. Where if you were in real life, you break your hands so easily, especially if you just if you punch with the like the wrong knuckle, your pinky's gone. 
So it's like it's gonna hinder you in the fight. So I was my my thought was always like, okay, take the gloves away, so it's more of a real feel, and it's safer technically. Technically, because, because you can't hit as hard because you have to worry about your hand breaking. I think you, I think that you'd see an immediate shift in the game plan. Walking into a fight, you'd see more kicks, more kicks, grappling, grappling. wrestling. Mm-hmm. You know, but and it, you almost—I mean, like what punches would you see other than like it'd ground be more and el- pound, it'd be elbows, knees, wrestling? Yeah, but I you wouldn't have a stand-up striking match. I've gone away from that because they have this bare knuckle league now. Where by they who? Have, it's some. It's a small organization. It's like it's just a bare knuckle, but they have some big bigger names fighting in it, and. I never took into account the cuts. Yeah. Like, you could cut people so much easier. With a knuckle. It's like, why? So, I've backed away from that just because, like, when you get cut that many times, it takes forever to heal. And it can be reopened. It can be reopened so easily. Yeah, if if you're fighting in that same year, it could be reopened. It just looks so much worse. MMA took a long time to get legalized in a bunch of cities anyways. Yeah. So, this is like, it, it just, if you saw these guys' faces, it'd be like, what the fuck happened to these guys? Looks like they just got run over by a truck. It, I see why people think it's barbaric, but I don't see it being any more barbaric than other contact, full contact sports, like a sport like hockey where they welcome fighting and they have designated enforcers, maybe not as much as they used to, but people who are on the team strictly to enforce the policy of, you know, you can't run into the goalie and clear him out of the net or you're going to pay for it on the next drive and, and you're going to get, someone's going to be dropping the gloves and putting you in your place for going up against the goalie because that's the most protected asset on the on the ice. So I, I, I personally have never been of the mindset that it's barbaric so they shouldn't have it or it shouldn't be legal because at the end of the day when you legalize something like that it immediately comes with rules, sanctions, um, athletic commissions who are designating rules that say okay you can do this, this and that but you can't cross this line. So I don't see why it's not legal everywhere. Because, I mean, how many states have outlawed football, hockey, or any other contact sport? Now, I think it's just because that one, they're locked in a cage, and you're not stopping the fight until you stop it or the ref stops it. You know, something like that. Mm-hmm. But I, I personally would watch any spinoff, whether it be bare knuckle or, you know, just uh, kicks only or, or grappling only, because it's... It's nonstop entertainment, in my opinion. Yeah, because at, at any point, it only takes one shot. And mm-hmm. that's why I like sports so much. Because like, you could watch the Super Bowl. And remember the Denver Panthers Super Bowl? It was over by the first quarter. Like, mm-hmm. it was over. And, like, in the, M- in the MMA, when you watch someone just get the shit kicked out of them for, fifth, for like, 12, 13 minutes, and then they just land one punch, and you're just like, oh, my God, he's going to come back. And the guy, you see the guy's legs just give out. And him falling around, you're like, oh my god, I can't believe he did it. You're watching momentum shift in, in real time yeah. by the second as opposed to the momentum shifting over the course of a, a quarter or a I period. I fight. The guy's name was Darren Elkins. He was he was fighting against Mirsad Bektik. Huge underdog. Huge underdog. He was getting mollywhopped for probably 11, 12 minutes because he, he was just getting mauled. He was bloody. It was horrible. Like It was, it was almost unwashable. Like they, like they almost had to throw the towel on and he lands like a he lands some sort of punch or something, and you see Mirsad Bektik like back away, stumbling, and like his legs buckling. You're like, oh my god, this guy's gonna put him away mm-hmm. after just getting the shit kicked out of him for 11 minutes. He's gonna put him away, and he puts him away, and there's just like he just roars this primal roar, and it's like, oh my god, it makes the win that much better. This guy's just a savage. Yeah, those are like the best ones to watch. It's true grit. Yeah. It makes it better when it's a one-on-one too, because you it, you see the 
like the reaction when a baseball team wins or a hockey team or football team, basketball, whatever, any team sport, it's a celebrated win, but there's nothing like celebrating a win when it's you only won because of your effort and nobody yeah. else's. You know, team sports are great, but when you see the satisfaction of somebody who their whole camp, they, you know, went through the the um, dietary restrictions, weight cutting, fasting, training, all to have it, you know, possibly end within 30 seconds, whether it's 30 seconds or it goes the whole round, you know, the whole five rounds, three rounds, it makes the win that much better because it's only the amount of effort that they put in, not the team. I always thought that that made it way more invigorating to watch a victory like that. Yeah, and like you can't take your like you can't take your eyes off of it because it just it you can always win no matter what. Like yeah. you might be down on the scorecards getting the shit kicked out of you, but all it takes is one. If you clip someone the right way, just on the chin, boom, they're done. And there's plenty of sports where drafting or trading for one player can swing the outcome of your next season overall, yeah, like, especially in the NBA. Like the KD signing. Yes. Basically solidified it until he left. Exactly. And that's when I stopped watching basketball, essentially. Exactly. Whereas with the UFC or Bellator or any MMA, there's no there's no one guy who you can say, oh, he's just going to run through the competition. There's nothing we can do about it until the next guy comes up. you can always just get caught. Yep. There's anyone always going to be someone better. Anyone, there's always going to be somebody with a better style of fighting that can counter your style, and you'll be, you'll be at a disadvantage. You may have been at an advantage for that 10-win streak that you went on, but then Khabib Nurmagomedov comes up and... Just um, wrestle fucks you do Oh, that. hey, I do Sambo. <laughs> so uh, let's show you what that's all yeah. about. Yeah, like Ronda Rousey getting head kicked. It was like... Uh, oh, watching the demise God. of anyone uh, is good for me. Because I don't take good favorites. Good for you. I don't take favorites. So I'm always... I'm usually rooting for the underdog, so that's my favorite. Because I like to see people get dismounted from their throne. There's, there's nothing better than watching someone win 10 fights in a row and you think, oh my god, nobody could ever beat this guy, he's unstoppable, and then watching him get stopped, it's the greatest feeling. It's just, it's different, because like, Khabib unstoppable, but I like to watch him win, but like when Connor, I, I like Connor too, but when he got beat, I was like, what is he going to say? He talked so much shit for so many years, Yeah. nobody could beat him, and then Nate Diaz chokes him out, like, mm-hmm. what is he going to say? Like, his whole thing was like, I'm Mystic Mac, I knock everybody, I, t- I have this... The touch of the death in my touch. left hand, yeah. and he gets knocked out. And like the way he handled it was like way better than Ronda Rousey. Ronda Rousey basically hid for months. Yeah, Connor came out to the press conference, addressed that he lost. That that night he was he he didn't expect Nick, uh, Nate Diaz to be able to take all those shots, and he just took it like a man. And it was amazing to watch him. Whereas Ronda, it was like she went away, and all her fans just kind of turned on her, not because she lost, but, but because, because of the, the way, way she handled it. it. Absolutely. Because ev- everybody loved Ronda until she lost, but people still loved her, but she didn't give the fans... Like, they, they were they were by her side no matter what she did, and, like, she, when she lost, people were still by her side, and it was like she didn't, like, reciprocate it at all, and people don't like that. People want to be connected with someone they root for. Exactly. And for her to just basically abandon her post like that is why it, it went down in flames. What is she doing now? Like, WWE? Yeah. I mean, she makes... She makes she's That's the money. She's making a lot, of cash. Yeah. A lot yeah. of cash. I mean, it doesn't... She's set for life. It doesn't matter. Talk about a mouth-breather sport. Is it really... I mean, like, I guess it yeah, could be considered a sport because it's, it's a real... A it's fake. It's fake, but it's it's still really it's, impressive to see people get in that kind of shape. TV it's physical TV series. Yes. Basically. And yeah. it's really it's impressive. Like, it's kind of like American Ninja Warrior. Yeah. No, no American no, no. Ninja Warrior is way more legit, the though. Jack people. It was the... They had, like, four Jack... Oh, American Gladiator. Oh, yeah. It was like... It's like that, except it's scripted. Or like, Steve Austin's Broken Skull like, Ranch. They're still getting the shit kicked out of them because they have to... 
practice or on the road 300 days a year or something crazy to take a bunch of painkillers. Like, a lot of them are fucked up. It's a hard, it's a hard thing to do. Yeah. But it's not a sport in the end of it. Like, it's all scripted, so. I agree. Because so once it's scripted, it takes away the, the sport aspect. Yeah. Of. There's, yeah. That's great. Wow. All right. Well, we did what? We have, How much time did we do? 38, 37 right. minutes. 37 minutes for you guys to chew on. And don't forget, you have to send us emails. You have to reach out to us on Instagram at the Fanny Pack Boys Podcast. Reach out to us. Let us know what you think about this episode. Tell us what you want to hear next time. Give us some talking points. We want to hear stories that keep you up at night that you may have done in the past that you can't seem to get over. Tell us about what you think about our theory with three-point line. Send emails. Send what, emails. What's your email? The Fanny Pack Boys One. Mm-hmm. There's no. The, it's just the Fanny Pack Boys One at gmail.com. Yeah. Send emails. I mean, as you could probably tell, we're not getting flooded with emails right now, so you could send whatever, and we'll probably read it on air. So as soon as it comes in, it's getting read. Yeah. And you're getting called out, so you could go under um, a name, you know, like a like a pen name. You know, yeah. you can write to us as R. L. Stein, and I wouldn't give a shit. Tony Manny's. I don't care. <laughs> Fucking Daryl Doorstep could write us in on an email and we'll read it out loud and we want to hear what you guys have to think. Tell us what you think about the podcast. You can rip us apart if you want to, but that doesn't mean we're not going to be back next week with a new episode. Yeah. Luckily, our fighting group rips us apart enough, so we can handle it. Yeah. There's no amount of roasting that can roast me out that that I haven't already received from our friend group. All right. For me, anyways. This is the Fanny Pack Boys, and we'll catch you down the road. All right. See you later.